Welcome to Founding Impact, where we talk about impact startup ecosystem in Europe. I'm Maciej Gałkiewicz. And I'm Kasia Zalewska. We are Impact Angel Investors from Ragnarsson. Hello everyone in the next episode of Founding Impact. Today our guest is Christian Dietrich uh, and uh, he's going to be talking about supply chains. Christian, could you give us an introduction of, of yourself? Sure thing. And uh, Maciej, Kasia, hi. Uh, very nice to have that, that you're having me here. Um, yes, I come from a consulting background. Uh, I've been working for the last almost 10 years in, in, a, in a consultancy that helped corporations to be more sustainable, to become more sustainable. And I have focused a lot of my work on supply chains for a very simple reason. Uh, whenever you're a large corporation and you have a supply chain, then you have to um, take care of a lot of issues in your supply chain. Um, so the so-called hotspots of sustainability uh, are almost always in supply chains. That's why I've done a lot of work there. And um, I've worked for a couple of different industries. Um, one of them is certainly textiles and fashion, who's somewhat a front runner when it comes to sustainability and supply chains, uh, but also uh, other industries, automotive, chemicals, food, for example. Um, I have developed different approaches and different tools for um, sustainability and supply chains. And one of the probably um, one of the tools that I'm most proud of that I've, I've spent a lot of work uh, on um, ex uh, developing uh, was called CPI2, which was something that we started um, 10 years ago for, for the textile and fashion industry uh, as, a, as a climate protection initiative uh, back then, uh, quite early, and we developed a, an online tool to address um, carbon emissions and energy efficiency in supply chains. And uh, were, we were at some point um, in um, 39 countries active, so that was quite, quite a widespread um, initiative and quite, quite a widespread tool. Um, and I think it has laid, for me, um, a foundation for a lot of things that, that followed after. Um, I think we were the first one to develop a digital tool in, in, that, in that realm. Um, and it also gave us a good um, learning perspective on uh, what works and what doesn't work in supply chains. Cool. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, it's, it's very interesting what you said about like having experience in different industries. I can imagine every industry might face uh, slightly different problems. Um, I think it would be maybe great to start with uh, getting some kind of an overview of why exactly supply chains are some complex. What are the problems like the main ones that you see uh, that makes them so difficult to tackle, uh, to mm -hmm. innovate within, within them? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, um... Just to answer to your remark, um, different industries, different challenges. It's not actually so that uh, the different industries have very, uh, very different challenges. It's more, um, I, um, I would almost say the challenges are more country specific rather than industry specific. Oh, okay. uh, so if, if, um, uh, and that, that brings us to the complexity of supply chains. Um, typically, you have to envision that, especially large corporations, they, they who maybe have hundreds of products uh, that they are producing or selling. Um, and then they have their producers who put these pieces together and all of these pieces um, have different sub pieces. So if you look, for example, at a, at a pen, you know, it's, this is like a normal Apple pen, it's this, these little two pieces and you take this apart and there's some electronic pieces and some chips inside and 
the, you can take off the, the pin. All of these little pieces come from different sources and uh, all of these sources again have their raw materials and their different steps of, of production and um, the, the complexity rises very quickly if you look deeper in, into supply chains. And then the problem um, that maybe some industries have more than others is that there's also a high dynamic sometimes. So suppliers change, uh, maybe based on price or sometimes also on quality. Um, but there's, 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 in some industries, there's a high uh, um, dynamic in changing suppliers. So it's very difficult to keep track. Um, of where your, your products are coming from. And then um, uh, I think the, the underlying problem uh, in itself is that uh, is, it's very difficult in general to, uh, um, get, to get transparency along supply chains when, when, you, when you look at the final product all the way to where the raw materials are coming from. Uh, there are very few examples where companies have, can, can do that for specific products. Um, but I would say the majority of products, it's, it gets kind of unknown as soon as you are behind your direct or maybe their suppliers. Mm -hmm. um, most supply chains are unknown. Uh, because it's, it's, I assume it's hard to track who the suppliers of your suppliers, basically. Exactly, exactly. Um, and there, there, are, there are many attempts to, for, for many years now, attempts to, to get more transparency, transparency into that. Um, yeah, you always have to overcome two challenges when it comes mm -hmm. to this. And, and the first challenge is get gather information. That's the first challenge, like finding out who, are, who your suppliers are, finding out what's happening at these different suppliers. And then the second challenge is to verify the data that you get there. Um, and that's it has become kind of my, my mantra whenever I speak to people who, who try to provide solutions for supply chain transparency. I say it's, these are the two challenges you have. Mm -hmm. You need to find, you, you need to get the data. That's the first challenge. And then the second one is you need to make sure somehow that, that the data that you get there is, is correct. Mm -hmm. And these cha two challenges are, uh, ha ha they have been challenges since I'm, I've been working in that field. And they are to a large extent still unsolved. Um, I'm still waiting for uh, some really smart, cool, um, tech solution for that, um, mm -hmm. some AI um, algorithm that, that can solve that. Uh, I've been speaking to a couple of really great people who have great ideas, but there's still, you know, um, still not there, I think. So, so the first thing you mentioned about the complexity is, I, I see the supply chains as a distributed system with many different actors. Uh, and it's they're all over the place and many coming from many different countries. And if you have like hundreds of suppliers, the problem gets gets even bigger, and the second part, which you mentioned about verifying data, um, does it mean that um, some people and uh, some some companies, some some suppliers might might be cheating to some extent, or it's simply like um, it's not about cheating; it's simply about some, some kind of other problem. It's yeah, I mean, there are different layers to, to this, um, to answer this. I mean, it starts with um, a, lot of, a lot of countries where, um, where sourcing happens where, or where manufacturing happens, um, maybe don't have um, a strong legal uh, requirement for, for specific things, be it mm -hmm. uh, human rights, social standards, or uh, okay. uh, cleaning wastewater and all these things. Uh, so it's not regulated, that's one thing. Um, then you have um, 
very often um, that, that is connected to this lack of awareness. For example, I mean, uh, people who um, in some factories, and I've seen it, maybe work without um, protective require uh, protective um, equipment, uh, for example, mm -hmm. even though it's it might be there, they are not using it because they might not be aware of, of the health uh, risks that are uh, associated with that. Uh, then, of course, you have cases where it's to the benefit of the manufacturer to be not completely transparent, mm -hmm. um, because following um, specific requirements uh, might not be in their economic interest okay. for whatever reason. Um, and then also you have things like um, the supplier of a supplier might not know the brand that uh, that you are. Um, say say you're a brand in Germany, you are a brand in Poland, and you're you have these. You have your supplier and they have their suppliers. If you want to enforce specific things from the supplier of your supplier, uh, for example, you want them to, to uh, fulfill social standards, for example, um, they might not know you and they might not, they might say, okay, why would I fulfill these requirements? Uh, I don't, I've never heard of you as a brand. Um, so if, if my client doesn't want that, uh, why would I follow your requirements? So these, okay, these, so these are these are the, so it's a, it's a multi-layer problem, I would say. Um, but yeah, but, but transparency yeah. until now is a very controversial uh, thing. Like people are really afraid of like you know opening the books and showing everything about what they do. So would you say that transparency is really absolutely necessary to make the supply chain sustainable, or there is another way without like implementing full transparency? Yeah, um, full transparency is. Would be the best. The best of course, yeah. Well, actually, no. Actually, no. I, I don't think it would be the best. I think the best would be if um, if the local if local authorities would take more responsibility for for specific things. That would be the very best, uh, because to to some extent you could say corporations over here have to take over the role of, of local authorities. Uh, say, for example, when it comes to uh, mitigating child labor or poor payment or poor treatment of people. Um, and I guess the second best would be full transparency. But I think that's an illusion. Uh, I think we're never, uh, at least with the, with the tools that we have at hand right now, we will not come to that point where we have full transparency. So we're, we're in, a, in a situation where we're, we're developing ourselves maybe towards more transparency, but maybe not, not aiming for 100%. And then wherever we can get more transparent insights, we also need to take action. So that's that's the second second thing. I mean, transparency in itself is, is meaningless. Then you also have to convince uh, those manufacturers to, to do stuff. And uh, that's the second challenge. It's, uh, it's not only the transparency thing. The second challenge is to say, okay, you need to pay your guys. You need to clean your wastewater. You need to provide protective uh, personal clothing or something like that. So, so would you say that the world is ready for transparency solving solution, the one that still does not exist, that we're like all looking for, but you think if someone will come up with uh, the best idea ever, the, the world is ready, the industry would start implementing it? Is the awareness uh, strong enough? Yes, yes, for sure. Uh, everybody's talking about transparency for a long time now. Mm -hmm. And, and there, are, there are good approaches, but um, yeah, I mean, transparency, it's, it's, it's a parallel to the data gathering. You know, mm -hmm. gathering data is one thing. That's transparency, and verifying data is similar to uh, um, starting to change things for those manufacturers. So it's 
Yeah, I, I think I think um, transparency is needed, and, and you, I see a couple of startups as well in, uh, in Germany uh, that I've spoken to, who are working on this uh, with different approaches, um, and there's definitely a market for that. Is there any trend or any uh, type of solution that you see the, as the most, I don't know, prof not profitable, but the, the best way to solve it? Is there any direction that you, you think is the most promising? Exactly, it's what I was missing, promising. Yes, um, well, what, what works best at the moment is very labor intense. Um, mm -hmm. Basically, there, there are not even a handful, but... Uh, small number of companies who, who have been successful in doing this in the past uh, and they have um, all of them use a lot of labor a lot of people uh, people on the ground in fact who go and see and verify data in, in factories and that that what works best at the moment but of course it's limited in, in scalability um, I, I see some approaches that um, are based on technology blockchain pops up now and then for for the last five years uh, every every other month someone comes up with a blockchain solution i'm not convinced that blockchain is i mean the, the, the right way to go it's just for, for, from my perspective i'm not a, I'm not a tech guy but from my perspective it's more it's just like a more complicated uh, tech solution for not, which doesn't solve the gathering and verifying mm -hmm. data problem yeah um, so I'm, I'm not not a huge fan of blockchain stuff uh, but it pops up uh, every now and then. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I've, I've spoken earlier this year. I've spoken to an, an AI guy uh, in London who, uh, I mean, he blew my mind with, this, with the stuff that he talked about. I, I only understood half of the stuff that, that he was saying, actually. Uh, but he had some, some cool ideas where uh, you could use technology to identify data streams and um, verify, uh, what's the English word? I mean, to, to understand if, if those data streams are reasonable. Um, mm -hmm. if, if for example, uh, uh, how much are they buying? How much are they selling? How many people are working there? And is it, is that, does, it all adds up. Yeah, does it all add up and, and, and make sense? And, and that's something I, I haven't seen in practice, but the way he described it, it made a lot of sense to me. If you could use technology for something like that, then that would be, I think, that could be something uh, I think uh, could be promising. And, and also, I mean, I've been in the past dreaming of having a, a global database of, of factories. That would be awesome. Uh, but how do you do that? It's, it's you know, if, if there's no local database in, in different countries. Um, so could you, I don't know, use drones and fly over uh, or use satellite data maybe to, to identify mm -hmm. manufacturing sites? Um, all these things. I mean, it's, it's all, you know, it's, it's nothing that's, that's practical right now. Uh, but I think uh, if if we want to pursue full transparency, that, that could be something uh, for the future that we might need. Okay, cool. Fingers crossed for the AI guy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but until uh, such a solution is, is developed or solutions even better, uh, there are probably plenty of things that we can already do with um, tools that we have right now. So, for example, from the perspective of uh, early stage uh, founder who needs to develop his own supply chain for whatever product he has. What would you say are the best steps to take? Well, if you're, if you're an early stage founder, it's, uh, it's easier and, and harder at the same time uh, compared to a large company. It's easier because you obviously have a, a much smaller supply chain and you might be able to select your suppliers uh, yourself. 
So that, that makes it easier. But what makes it harder, of course, is you will have basically no say in what your suppliers are doing. You have to rely on, 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 on a supplier maybe who's already sustainable or more sustainable than, than others. Um, yeah, so uh, what, what I what I, what I would um, what, what would I do if I would be a, a founder who's who has a has a product? I would I would probably speak to to um, to the manufacturer, uh, create a personal relationship to them, and understand how they run their business. And, and I think that that will help you a lot, uh, rather than going through some sourcing agents or something and, and make it anonymous and just rely on. They have a certificate, some certificate, and it's going to be okay. Uh, that's probably what I would do. I would, I would try to find um, a personal relationship to to a supplier, and then you will find out very fast if they are, you know, how how relevant this sustainability issues are for them, and how they work with their suppliers. But that's obviously again it's scalable. Uh, works only to the, to to some extent, uh, but I think that's that's an absolute must, especially if if you have some consumer product. Uh, that's 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 how I would approach it. And, and when we talk about sustainability in general of, of supply chains, what specifically we should take into account? You mentioned a few of those problems already, but it would be great to have a have a good understanding of what elements are important to to make a supply chain sustainable. Well, there's a lot there's a lot of uh, things that that play a role, but. Um, on a, on a higher level, um, it's social standards. Social standards and human rights are super important. Uh, it's also um, interesting for me that I don't see any, at the moment, I don't see any innovation in that, in that field. Um, the way we, we um, take care of social standards is the same way we've done it for the last 15 years, which is okay, but not super successful. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is uh, all the environmental topics. And uh, of course, climate change, carbon emissions is, is the topic that everybody speaks about. Mm -hmm. um, but also, um, how do you, uh, what, what, what impact do you have on your, on your local um, uh, biodiversity, for example, is, is, is something that's not being mm -hmm. addressed uh, at the moment. Or um, how do you, um, you know, clean your wastewater, all these things. Um, what, what are your air emissions um, in, in, those, in those manufacturing sites? It all plays a role. And some topics are easier to address than others. Mm -hmm. um, um, carbon emissions is related to energy efficiency. That's relatively easy compared to others um, to address mm -hmm. because there's also a benefit in being better. Uh, social standards are mostly being addressed by, um, I sent someone there to control. Um, some companies also provide trainings, but uh, you know, that's, that's the bare minimum. You send someone there to control, uh, very manual. Um, so yeah, it's it's, it's complex, um, and some some topics are just um, falling off the table, so to speak, uh, for now. And, and uh, they might also need some some more technological approaches to, to them. Mm -hmm. so, to them. Yeah. And what what are the things that are the easiest one to implement, like the low hanging fruits that it's surprisingly that not everyone already implemented it? Well, is there a low hanging fruit? In, are there any in the, in the first mean, place? Yeah, are there, are there any? Are there any? I, mean, yeah. the, I mean, what everybody does, of course, these days is you, you put in writing with your supplier that there are, you know, you have your requirements, you, you, you demand something from them. So that's the absolute bare minimum uh, that you do as a, as, a, as a company right now. But that's, 
I mean, that's not really addressing sustainability in your supply chain. You, you basically, you just push the problem to someone else and say, you take care of it and I have a contract here. That's, that's, that's not, that's not how, you do, how you should do it. Um, there isn't really a law hanging fruit. I mean, um, you have to do work there in that field. You have to invest in, uh, in improving suppliers. There's no way around that. Um, it's, the, the larger you are, the, the more complex it gets. And uh, most, uh, not most, but some forward-thinking corporations that I've been working with, they, they invest a lot of money into, into um, developing their suppliers. Um, uh, you know, building long-term relationships, investing quite a lot of money into training of, of, of workers in those, those manufacturing sites. Uh, so these, these things need to be done. There's no way around it. So low-hanging fruit, there's really any. It's, it's, you know, and, and if you look at supply chains, why, why are they there and why are they so complex? I mean, everybody decided at some point it's more cost efficient, let's put it like that, um, to outsource what we've done locally uh, at some point. Um, and this comes at a cost for uh, on, on other sides. So and, and you have to bear this cost somehow. And, and let's say that I that I that I want to start a company tomorrow, and um, I want to make sure that um, my supply chain is as sustainable as possible. Obviously, taking into account reasonable trade-offs. Um, from this standpoint, do you see like it wouldn't be so difficult for me as a founder to pick from existing solutions and from the start try to be more sustainable than big corporations? And obviously, they have like a lot of history and a lot of um, history of doing things not in, in the most sustainable way. So it's difficult to be fixed. But, you know, starting from scratch, do are they enough of tools on the market to, to help me out? Or maybe there are the, in this kind of context, they're like low hanging fruits for me. Um, I'm not sure if I understand the question. Are, are you relating to, is it possible to find suppliers or is it would you... Suppliers, yeah, suppliers mm -hmm. of different things, uh, or even uh, even if someone builds a, a software business and uh, people work from uh, from an office, like do, do you see any easy solutions that they could buy from existing providers uh, that would improve their sustainability, or um, this is still like somewhat underdeveloped? Um, I would say it's still somewhat underdeveloped. Um... I am, there, there might be, but I'm not aware of any out-of-the-box sustainable supply chain one-stop shop where mm -hmm. you, you would say, okay, I have a, I, don't know, I want to build a t-shirt company or I yep. want to build the next mobile phone or whatever, like a technical product or something. And then I go to this, say, it would, would, be, would have to be some kind of sustainable sourcing agency. Then okay. I think we have a portfolio of sustainable suppliers, I'm not aware of that. Um, could be could be an interesting could be an interesting business idea perhaps I don't know for someone to start something like that or, or create <laughs> if somebody create, starts I, from the listeners let us know how it went <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah okay cool I mean, um, yeah. yeah no that's that's it and uh, maybe going back to uh, maybe not back but um, looking at this problem from another perspective like um, you speak with a lot of start startups and you see um, what kind of solutions are being brought to the market. Uh, is there, are there any topics that are constantly be, that, that people constantly are trying to solve and they fail? Meaning, 
people make the same mistakes all over all, uh, over and over because of some misunderstanding of of the of the problem or simply the complexity uh, was was too big like would it be very int- i would be very curious to know like what what are the most common mistakes that you see that that people do on, on many levels yeah the, the 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 people i speak to who who work on on supply chain stuff mostly software solutions um, for transparency for example um, they um, I, I've spoken to, I wouldn't say that there are common problems, that, that would be maybe too, too general, but um, I've spoken to quite a few who um, had not, maybe had, had not the, the, the depth of experience that you would need to, to survive um, a gridding from a corporate purchasing guy. And um, sometimes even, you know, to the, to the point where this, again, my mantra, gathering data and verifying data mm-hmm. was not fully understood. And um, sometimes I see that um, people um, ignore or are not aware of this and, and build awesome software solutions, awesome looking software solutions, easy to use with all kinds of features, but they still don't solve the underlying problem. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's what, I, what I've observed a couple of times. And um, I can, can only uh, and then there's also, um, I think sometimes I, I see, um, maybe that's related to the, to the blockchain thing, where people think, yes, this technology is a good idea and there's nobody out there, so I'm going to use this, who's doing this, so I'm going to use this technology to solve this problem, mm-hmm. ignoring the fact that there's a reason why this technology is not used for this for this problem. A lot of people have tried it in the past and it wasn't successful, and it, sometimes mm-hmm. uh, I would, I would, um, I would encourage people who, or I would encourage founders especially, uh, to speak to uh, experienced people in, in that field, uh, and ask ask their advice, um, and uh, even um, sometimes hire people or I don't know pay people to to get uh, some, some 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 advice on this, um, and and follow this advice as well. Um, you know, not just hearing it and saying yeah I'm going to do it differently. Uh, there are a lot of people out there who have experience and who've seen the development over the past, and uh, I would strongly advise um, investing in that experience. Um, and it might, you know, you might have to spend a couple of grants getting that experience, but it might save you in the long run so much time and so much hassle, and uh, it might make, be, you know, it might give you so much insight that that you, that you can steer your your new venture in, in the right direction straight away. Rather than making the same experience and seeing, okay, that doesn't didn't work after half a year, and someone else could have told you months ago. So I would strongly encourage seeking advice from from, from people uh, that, that have experienced that. Maybe diving a bit into this blockchain example. Um, whenever I hear the, this kind of idea, I'm always asking myself, like, obviously, obviously we can store everything on the blockchain, let's say, to a reasonable extent, but. Uh, like when I think about the solutions, the for me the technology is not the limit, uh, the the limitation that uh, um, stifles the, the the development of this um, of this market, but rather there is a human factor that people don't put the data on, whether it's blockchain or some other database doesn't really matter for some specific reasons. And when you mention like those startups building different solutions with many different features, would you say it's it's kind of the same, like? It's nice that you have this tool, but 
you don't have a compelling way of convincing all those people working in, in, in supply chains to actually use them, to, to actually have an incentive to, to put this data. That's exactly it. Mm -hmm. That's exactly it. Uh, this human factor that you're, that you're mentioning. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, blockchain in itself, I mean, it's a nice technology um, or, or any other database. It doesn't, doesn't really matter what, what, what database you use. Uh, what comes into this database? Who puts it in there? And how does he put it in there? Um, does he have an interest to, to change the data? Uh, does, it, does he not have the full data? Doesn't he, he maybe he doesn't understand what needs to be in there, put in there? Um, you know, there are so many facts, so human factors. Uh, mm -hmm. so, that's the very fine element of it. So awesome, you have a super secure database, all awesome, but it doesn't matter if the data that is once in there is super yeah. safe until it reached the, the end user. If the data was, was wrong in the first place, you know, it's... I see, I see. Yeah. And uh, we, we've briefly discussed like transparency, blockchains, uh, a couple of different solutions, but do you see that um, any specific approach uh, is... Um, it's quite successful as of now. So you, we mentioned a bit the, the manual work, but um, yeah, it would be interesting to, to kind of get some insights uh, what was proven and makes sense for people to, to try again in different sectors. Um, yeah, I mean, for, for, the, for, for the time being, I think that the main, there's no, not, not yet a way around uh, very heavy manual um, data gathering, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I mean, transparency. What, what do you, what do you need transparency for? What do you need 100% transparency for? Maybe maybe you don't need it at all. It's also a way to, to look at it. Um, maybe it's good to have 20% uh, rather than 10% transparency, or maybe 50% rather than 40. But maybe you don't need 100%. Uh, maybe mm -hmm. you, you know if you have. I don't know, a third of your, your supply chain is transparent to you. You understand who, who those suppliers are. Maybe you know them, you have a working relationship with them. You could start with working with them, improving, helping them to improve, um, rather than saying, okay, I can't start working because I don't have 100% transparency. Mm -hmm. You know, Start working with, with the ones that you have. Um, um, at least, I mean, for, for, for a large corporation, that should be the approach. To, to, to get going. And um, there's no, no point in waiting for 100% transparency. It's probably not going to happen anytime soon. Mm -hmm. So transparency is just one step of the journey, of course. You, you need to take uh, actions um, uh, to, to make your supply chain more sustainable. That, that, that's the goal. You want to be more sustainable. You don't want to be transparent. You want to be sustainable. Got it. Got it. Okay, cool. Um, Kasia? Yeah, sure. I like, uh, we discussed so many things that it's hard to like, you know, uh, gather all of that, but I will do my best in summarizing what we, what were the main points of what we've discussed here. So what I got uh, from the conversation is that one of the biggest challenges for supply chain as a whole industry is data. So gathering, verifying and sharing data, which leads to the transparency that is really necessary but not necessarily in 100 percent more important is that we feel responsible and especially like a local governments or governments at all uh, administration feels responsibility for like you know managing the the situation there and there is a good news that 
the industry is actually ready for the transparency, which is a really good news for our founders because there is no right solution yet in the market. So it's like, you know, area waiting to be conquered. So uh, feel it uh, as a challenge, dear founders. And for all the people that are still uh, facing the problem of building a supply chain, there's a really good advice, which is just talk to your suppliers face to face, understand the way they work. And it's a really good starting point to make your own supply chain sustainable. I missed anything, Christian? That's, that was an awesome summary. Really good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank and you I very much. I have only one, one last question. We, we usually at the end, we ask about different kind of recommendations and advice uh, to our listeners. So it would be also great to, to hear um, just one advice, like what you think is the most important uh, that uh, startup founders should do to simply increase their chances of succeeding, assuming that they're building a solution, improving supply chains in, in, in general. Um. I think I think a general um, thing for for any startup is seek advice from experienced people. Mm -hmm. I think this this is for me the most crucial thing. And seek advice and follow advice. I mean, not not blindly, obviously, but um, don't think you're you're necessarily always smarter than people who've who've done this kind of work in the past. Um, and that's that's what I do. Uh, when I whenever I come across a new topic, I I, I seek people who have, who have worked in that that area and I, I ask their advice. That's 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 the best thing you can do, and it will save you so much trouble and so much bad experience by yourself. So don't be shy. Don't be too proud to ask other people for for help. That would be my advice. Cool, cool. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kasia, for summary. For uh, thank you so much, Christian, for for being with us today. Uh, and yeah. Uh, to all listeners, stay tuned for the next episode, and that's all for today. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thanks. Bye.